Welcome to Modern Aikidoist Podcast. If you're new to the podcast or you come back regularly and listen, please click like and subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube. Please help by liking, subscribing, and sharing this podcast. Also, word of mouth is how shows like this reach more people who are interested. Clicking like is free. I sincerely appreciate your interest and support. I'm going to a very personal level in today's episode, and that is our relationship with our instructor. Teachers can make meaningful and profound impacts on us, and we often hold them in high regard, which is well-deserved when they do. However, what they impart on us is not always correct. I'm going to look at healthy and not-so-healthy relationships with instructors. Martial arts has a particularly horrible track record for having poor and even toxic teacher-student relationships. It starts out, like with most anything, with ourselves. One of life's most accurate statements is that we are our own worst enemy. From the perspective of the student-teacher relationship, the very first mistake, and probably the biggest, we can make is to look upon our instructor as a master. Be extremely careful of putting anyone on a pedestal. Respect is more than fine. I believe it is a crucial aspect in the development of skill and character. Respect for someone else taken too far turns into worship. Worshiping another person is a bad thing. Respect them for what they do and what they can teach you, and be thankful for them taking the time to teach you but realize that they are not always right, even though they might think they are. Consider the 80-20 rule, or at least the version of the 80-20 rule which applies here. Actually, it's not really a rule, but I've found it invaluable to keep a good perspective on people I deal with. It's a fantastic guide to prioritizing who I spend my time with. It can also help you remain patient with those with whom you disagree. Here is how it works. Realize that at best, any given person is 80% right and 20% BS. They probably think they're right about everything, as most people tend to. But the reality is that even the smartest people out there are complete idiots about 20% of the time. If you're waiting around to find the 100% person, you'll be waiting around a damn long time. No one is perfect. The 80% people are very knowledgeable and you should learn from them. Learn from among the 80% that they are correct about and ignore the 20%. Never get so impressed with the 80% that you accept the 20% without scrutinizing it. Trust, but verify. If you spend time with 80% people, you will learn a great deal. Then there's the 20-80 person. This is the complete idiot who is wrong with just about everything they say. The old term for these people would be fools. It seems every time they open their mouth, nonsense comes out. The reason these are 20-80 people is that even a broken clock is correct twice a day, as they say. Even a fool can speak the truth sometimes. It can be painful to recognize and admit when a fool has spoken the truth. Personally, I find these people difficult to be around. If you hang around people like this, you will have a hard time spotting the 20% which is true. Believing falsehoods leads to pain, sooner or later. Surrounding yourself in them is not a good strategy to learn what is true. That is, unless you are fond of learning the hard way. Sometimes that's how life works. We have all learned a lot the hard way. It's far easier to learn from those who are wise and avoid the pain of learning through trial and error. If these two are at the opposite ends of the spectrum, then what is in the middle? In the middle resides the most dangerous of the three, the 50-50 person. They have enough knowledge and wisdom that they appear smart and insightful, but half the time they are wrong. It is a lot of work to sort out and identify what is true and what is false with people like this. Usually, people are content with accepting what they are told at face value, but 50% is just too large a percentage of BS to allow into our minds. 
Being that we are human, we will often repeat what we have heard, especially if it sounds plausible. Sadly, a lot of BS has been packaged up to sound plausible. Martial arts has a lot of BS floating around in it, which has been presented in such a way as to sound plausible. This makes sorting out the good from the bad difficult. The best we can do is strive to be the 80% person instead of the 50% or the 20%. You get there by keeping company with those who are more experienced. The sad truth is that it takes your own wisdom and experience to spot which is which. They can all appear supremely confident, so that really is not a reliable indicator. They can probably even make a pretty compelling demonstration, so that may not be a reliable indicator either. So what is a reliable indicator? Even that gets a bit complicated. The most obvious answer is whatever you are shown should go through your own filter first. If something you are shown is obviously false, then it would warrant rejection, but not so fast. What if your previous beliefs are false and you're using those to determine whether what you are being shown is valid or not? I refer to this as someone being ready to learn something. If a student's mind is filled with roadblocks and walls, it's not my place as a teacher to drill through them. I frown from experience that this is a waste of my time and patience. If someone wishes to hold beliefs which are false, that is their choice. People like this use skepticism to defend their beliefs. As a student, you can be so skeptical that new ideas cannot penetrate your mind. The ego, which has embraced the belief that everything you know is accurate and complete, will embrace the knowledge it holds and reject the addition of new information. It will rigorously condemn any information which is in conflict with what is already known. This is an unhealthy way of thinking which will inhibit learning. It is an ego run wild. On the other end of the spectrum is the ultimate open mind which takes everything presented at face value. Basically, an utter lack of any skepticism. This tends to be either the ultimately humble person or the totally naive person. New information comes into the mind as quickly as the mind is exposed to it. Information is difficult to absorb because a mind like this has difficulty sorting out conflicting concepts. To do so means accepting one and rejecting another. And rejecting any information is not a pleasant thought to someone with a totally open mind. It is not uncommon for someone like this to appear either confused or wishy-washy. They really don't have much of an opinion or position on anything. The best learner is someone who resides between these two, using the best qualities of both approaches. They have enough of an open mind to listen, set aside their biases, accept that they may be faced with superior knowledge or information, and can patiently consider what they are hearing or seeing. From a martial arts perspective, they are willing to practice it even if it is unfamiliar or may not seem viable at first. We would call this having humility and keeping the ego in check. As they do, they use a healthy skepticism to test the validity of what they are learning. They kick the tires, so to speak, to see if what they are learning is solid enough to be worth keeping. This is the nature of martial arts training. Unfortunately, one of the first filters is dogma. That is, practitioners are tempted to reject new concepts because well, they don't do it like that in our dojo, which translates to, my instructor taught me to do it a different way. That gets us squarely back to our relationship with our instructor. Perhaps the way your instructor taught you was part of his 20%. Perhaps you're faced with an instructor who just showed you a better way. Would a wise person reject something which works better out of respect or worship? This is so common in the martial arts world it's not even funny. It has become a matter of general culture, but it comes down to each practitioner and how their mind works. The old phrase goes, if you want to fix the world, fix yourself first. 
we can fix ourselves by making sure that we are the best learners we can be. That is, having an open mind, a healthy level of skepticism, and a healthy relationship with our instructor. How comfortable would you be approaching your instructor when you identify room for improvement with how they perform technique or teach? I'm certainly not suggesting that pointing it out in a class would be appropriate. It certainly wouldn't. But what if you approach them privately to start a conversation about it? If you have the proper attitude, your instructor has the proper attitude, and your dojo has a positive culture, this would be an easy and very productive conversation. If not, something is wrong. If you are a beginning or intermediate student, getting into a conversation about the viability or practicality of a technique or fundamental is not likely. But as you get more experienced and build your own understanding of your art, this becomes a likelihood, especially when you realize your instructor can do things you find difficult or impossible, or you find something which works that your instructor doesn't have the same success with. Unfortunately, these situations can sponsor disagreements which can get so bad that a senior student considers leaving the group. It's disappointing when this happens, but the separation can be the best solution. There's no point of getting into a battle of ego. I find that groups which have several talented practitioners within it, each with their own perspectives, are very blessed. Students can glean the best from all of them rather than rely on just one source. As students are faced with the differences, they must use their own scientific process to flush out what works best for them. This is a healthy and productive practice group that has a lot to offer everyone within it. Is your instructor BSing you? At least 20% of the time, yes. Take it as your task to build your knowledge and skill so you can identify when and why. Remain focused on making your art as effective as possible, and if you're an instructor, your teachings are as solid as possible. I also suggest you consider being honest with your students and tell them that you are not a master, nor are you perfect. What you show them today may be improved upon in future as your understanding improves. I've found students respect this and it builds trust. If you notice your instructor has trouble with such honesty, it's a strong indicator that they are BSing you. If they have good things to share, take what they offer. Just realize that sooner or later you will surpass their ability to help you grow and your martial path will likely guide you to other mentors. This is natural and is a good thing for you. No single person has all the answers for you. The more influences you acquaint yourself with, the more well-rounded you will be. Anything you believe in, make sure you test it yourself. Never rely on someone's word about something until you can verify it works for you. What do you think? Please share your ideas in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube, or go to the Facebook group Aikido the Marshall Side and post a comment. The Spirit Aikido online program is now live. Subscribers get access to video training and mentoring to techniques and training methods that I've adopted from other martial arts to make my Aikido more practical. There's a link in the description section. I invite you to check it out. I always enjoy hearing from listeners of the show, whether through comments or questions. Thank you all for sharing your interest. Enjoy your training.